podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely, 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 lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on? I was about to kick the JJ5000 to see if uh, to see if that would help. Or, or maybe just to unplug it to see and plug it back in to see if that if that works, like I do with my internet every 15 minutes. But uh, uh, th- things are well. I hope that you're not a robot the whole time. I but, feel uh, like I, I honestly feel like I'm sort of robotic. So, we, you know, two weeks ago we had our podcast where I think I was sick and something was going on with you. Like it was just a bad combo. I mean, something's always going on with Denny, but uh, <laughs> it was just a bad combo. And then like last week we had our energy again. And then this and then today uh, Denny's sick I am. and I'm working on like four hours of sleep because of the game last night. Uh, my daughter is in in this phase where, you know, I'm sure dads can commiserate here, but she's in this phase where she can roll over from back to stomach, but she can't roll from stomach to back. And so mm-hmm. every time she rolls from back to stomach, she cries her face off. Right. Right. My dad and, and is the same so way, tame. by the way. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I am, you can tell by my voice is about one and a half octaves lower, uh, than usual. I have some sort of chest congestion situation going on um cover band cover band yeah yes. i was gonna say that's a yeah. that's a obviously i think we all we all know that that was coming but um <clears throat> so i'm sorry if i have to like grunt through this i i am cleared out as much as possible for the show <laughs> but but i i may not sound superb did you watch that game last night i happened to watch all of it i stayed up until uh, you know, midnight. Well, it ended around midnight Eastern time. I felt like it was a plot against East Coasters, right? It, it, I mean, it totally was. So, like, uh, like, okay. So, so people understand Thanksgiving week for fantasy analysts, low key is awful because oh, you have terrible. to get you have to get all of your work done that you typically get done in a five day week, all done in three days, right? So it's already a stressful week. You have to get a lot done, and then you have this Monday night football game, which. You know, it is an incredible matchup. You, it's it's one of those games where you can't just go to bed and say you'll watch it the next morning or so. You yeah. have to watch a game like that live, right? Yeah, I mean, you felt you felt like you were watching something historic, honestly. Right, right. So you have to watch it live. You have to, you know, enjoy the the camaraderie of of fandom across the the globe on Twitter and 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 you know, texting friends and and whatnot. Maybe you guys were out at a bar, or maybe. Uh, you guys on the on the West Coast when you know you were maybe eating breakfast with friends, uh, but it's it was so tilting that that game went so late, so be- late because it was it's like the one week where that just could not have happened, but so, it, but it happened. Right, my my dad came over to watch it, and and we don't watch much football anymore, but he really wanted to see it because my dad's lifelong dream has been to see a one hundred point NFL game, and I and I and I don't mean that in like a sarcastic way like he's talked about it endlessly <laughs> for my for my whole life now it seems that looking at the record books he did miss a 100 point game in 2004 when the Bengals and Browns combined for I believe 106 points in a game which is something um uh so he missed that one wow was, was that like about- was that like the like the Kelly Holcomb year like like what who were even the quarterbacks because Oh, I guess Carson Palmer would have didn't yeah. didn't Palmer get drafted in two thousand three? Yeah, Paul. It was Palmer and and maybe Derek Anderson. Um, uh, Anderson I think was oh seven. I it might have been like I think Holcomb might have been. I don't know. Someone will look this up and and uh, tell us that we're stupid. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. And, Let's keep going. Yeah. So so but and he stayed until eleven. But you know he's an old dude and and he so he he left, but the game wasn't even close <laughs> close to over. Yeah. <laughs> I kept and, looking at the clock and it was the third, like it was like eleven thirty, and it's like they're starting the fourth quarter, and I'm like, what? I'm never going to go to bed. 
but um and, and this sounds like I'm making it up, but I actually got up to go brush my teeth because I just wanted to like go straight to bed after the game. Mm-hmm. I went to go brush my teeth. And I come back, and ten points were scored in the time that I was gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, I couldn't believe it. It's it's crazy. I I do uh it, during the Monday night games and in, in the primetime games, I will get things ready. You know, I'll get bottles ready. I'll lock the doors downstairs. I'll get everything set. So all I have to do is turn off the TV and walk upstairs. Uh, once the game ends, just so I can maximize the the amount yeah. of sleep that I get. So I'm with you. Oh. That, it, the process yeah. process is very important. At the end yeah, of those no. games. Yeah, I mean, you know, the results didn't show because I'm exhausted today. But uh, the, the process was there, uh, as as with you. But um, uh, so I I loved every second of it. And, and I felt like, and I was telling you this before the show, I felt like it was a glimpse into the future of the NFL. And I don't mean the future as in like 18 months from now. I, I mean the future is in five, six, maybe even 10 years from now. Not every game's going to be like this, okay? This is this is something different. No, you know, hundred points is off the charts weird, but but I'm talking about wide open offenses, extremely aggressive play calling. You know, everything that the NFL has done to promote scoring and passing over the years came to fruition last night, and I I think that that is the future, obviously. Yeah, I always like though the uh, the takes of like. Like, why aren't other teams just doing this? You know, without the <laughs> without the the recognition that like the Rams and and Chiefs are loaded offensively, they have a lot right. of equity that they put into these offenses. I mean, look at the Rams; they spent at offensive line. They have a first rounder in Todd Gurley. They have a first rounder, early first rounder in Jared Goff. They have Brandon Cooks, who was a, a first yeah. rounder back in the day. I mean, it's it's insane the amount of of talent. That these teams have on the offensive yeah. side of the ball, and then on top of that, you have Andy Reid, who's probably the most creative play caller of of this generation. You would say, right? Like, yeah, like he's he's an unbelievable head coach, unbelievably smart offensive mind, and then you have Sean McVay, who's you know the, the number one up and coming offensive mind in the NFL, and and like you know, it's the same thing that that it's the same way that people think when they talk about the Giants, uh, for instance, how. Uh, they they get uh, or, or even the Jets in a, in a way where people are down on Sam Darnold and they're like oh all they need to do is fire Todd Bowles and get a Sean McVay type coach and I'm like guys Sean McVay is like a once in a, a generation coach like the, a generational coach <laughs> yeah right he's a generational coach Sean McVay doesn't just just walk off the street and say hey I'm gonna make Sam Darnold into a star I mean and the same goes with with the Giants you know it, it's not easy to just all of a sudden formulate this creative offense where you can get the most out of Saquon Barkley and, and you can get the most out of your quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff looked like a disaster his rookie year. Oh, a, com- oh. a complete train wreck. I, I don't remember seeing a quarterback look quite that bad. And obviously it had to do with the system and Jeff Fisher and everything. I get it. I get it. But right. yeah, he looked he looked horrendous. I <clears throat> Okay, so yeah, you can't be like, why can't Blake Bortles do what right. what Mahomes was doing last night? I but mean, I, obviously, yeah, Bortles is bad, and also the they have no uh, they have nobody on the offense. Um, uh, but uh, but just the 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 stylistically, I think that you know we're going to see more and more of this. And also, as the old guard goes away, you know, I'm not and I'm not saying dying, but as the as the Coughlins and the Jerry Jones and the and the old school kind of fades away into obscurity, I think that most of them we will see replaced by uh by young guys who have new ideas and and that'll be that'll be great for football also great for fantasy yeah you know what's so funny is it's going to be hilarious to kind of juxtapose this game with Washington Dallas on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. right like you're seeing you're seeing this glimpse into what the NFL like what is peak football? Like, what is peak efficiency on offense? What is understanding the importance of right. just getting to the quarterback and generating turnovers and not really caring about, you know, giving away rushing yards, let's say. You're going from from this complete understanding on how you win in today's game uh-huh. to Dallas and Washington. Uh, yeah, right, right. And we're going to see punts from the opponent's 30-yard line. Yeah, right, and, right, right. And, we're, gonna, it, it, we're, we're seeing two teams. One of them thinks that... You can you can center an offense around a fourth overall running back pick, right? And then the other team 
mm-hmm. th- thinks that you can pound the rock effectively and have an effective <laughs> offense with a 33 year old running back. Um, it's, it's so backwards, honestly. Yeah, it's it's the you're right. It is the total opposite. Um, but really, when Jason Garrett and both Grudens are gone, football will be great again. I think that that's what we're we're aiming at. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it was it was a really awesome game. I think you know. I think that we can say confidently, at least in my lifetime, that it was the best regular season game that I've ever seen. Well, I, I mean, I don't... I, can you name a better game over... I, the, the one that comes to mind as far as the best game I've ever seen is the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl. I would say... But I would say, like, you can look at... you. I mean, you could realistically look at the Patriots-Eagles last year. I mean, oh, yeah. that was that was incredible. You could look at... You could even look at Patriots-Falcons. You know, a couple of years ago. I mean, there there have been, but when it, when you have when when the stakes are that high, like in in the Super Bowl, like it's hard for me. Whenever the even if the game was not as like insane, although I would argue that it was as insane as as the Rams, uh, the Rams Chiefs. But even if it wasn't, just because the stakes were so high, I think that you could still give that the edge. But from a regular season standpoint, there is no. I I can't think of a single game that comes close to what we watched last night. Me neither. I. I... It, it exceeded my expectations were were out of control going into that game, and it exceeded them by by sixty nine miles. It was yeah un unreal. I'm sorry to the person who who hates sixty nine jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So week eleven's over, Denny. I can't believe we only have two more weeks of the regular season for fantasy uh, until we get into the fantasy playoffs. It's pretty oh, crazy. Um, defensively, we had Arizona. They had four. Uh, they weren't a very strong defense. Not as bad as the Jets the week prior, though. Um, I will say, so it was a, it was a pretty bad streaming week overall. Marcus Mariota gets hurt. He has uh. three, he has three point one points. So, I mean, that's one of those things where yes, there he's, he's going into our log as someone that we streamed, but there's also a slight asterisk because he, he did get hurt. Dak Prescott was kind of underwhelming. He only had 14.8 points and that was with a rushing touchdown. But again, that was something that we, we called out last week on the show is that he was seeing an increase in those right. rushing plays within the opponent's 10. And that's exactly what happened in that game. Um, and then Eli Manning did come through with 17 points. So, uh, you know, the two of the three were okay. Eli was definitely, you know, Eli was a, I think he ended up as a lower end QB one, maybe a high end QB two. Dak was a mid QB two. And then Mariota's kind of a toss away. Um, and then tight end, you know, we had Jeff Swaim. He had 6.4. RSJ was an unbelievable disappointment. I know. Like an unreal disappointment. Everything was pointing in the right direction. He had the target share. He had uh, the opponent and the matchup, uh, but then Josh Rosen completed like nine passes. Like you, you can't, it, it's, it, there are so many offenses in the NFL where you just have to throw them away and be like, I don't even want to, I don't want to utilize anyone in this offense other than maybe one, one piece who's getting a lot of touches. Right. Not even, not even the process can overcome the Cardinals offense right now. And then uh, CJ Uzama had 7.1 points and that other tight end on the Bengals scored a touchdown. God bless it. So I, I actually am, am I'm kind of happy with the process for Uzama. Um, and seven point one in this landscape isn't like horrendous, but uh, wasn't wasn't the best outing. The the one the one pick that I'm very proud of from last week, the probably the only pick that I'm proud of, is the Saints defense. Yeah, man, they delivered. The Saints defense delivered. They were like they were a top five unit. I think they were defense four on the week. They had thirteen points. Uh, everything just kind of came together with what we talked about, you know, it just, it, it worked. I mean, the, the, they had the, the, uh, the positive script throughout that game. The Eagles offense has looked a little bit lost. Uh, their offensive line hasn't been as strong. I mean, there are, there are a lot of things that are going in the wrong direction for that Eagles offense. And we, we picked it out and we called it. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, we said the hope here is that the Eagles fall behind and Wentz is bad again. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So uh, we'll pat ourselves on the back for that one. The other picks, not very good. Um, you know, Dak, again, Dak and Mariota, or Dak and Eli were, were fine. Uh, but Mariota, definitely not the strongest outing for him. Let's move on to week 12, Denny. All right. I'm ready. Okay. I'll start. I'll actually start. <clears throat> okay. I, you, you, you usually start, so I'm going to start. Yes. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Buffalo Bills defense. Hmm. Uh, they're at home. They're in a, a very low over/under game against Jacksonville. That that game is going to be horrendous. Mm. Just so I don't know how much you watched of the the Steelers Jags game, 
but they have absolutely zero confidence in Blake Bortles. They have no confidence in anybody on that offense, but especially Bortles. You're right. Uh, and Leonard Fournette's averaging fewer than three yards per carry since he's returned from from injury, but he's seeing 1,400 carries a game, so it doesn't right. matter for fantasy purposes. He matters. He matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- definitely a a good use of equity there. Uh, so Buffalo is at home playing against Jacksonville. The Jacksonville offense has really struggled really since week two. Week two is when they played New England, I believe. Um, but op- opposing defenses from week three through week 11 uh, have had a top 12 performance against Jacksonville in all but one game, with that game being week 10 against Indianapolis. Uh, and during that time, the Jags have allowed 3.4 sacks per game. So mm-hmm. given the Bills are only three-point underdogs, they're at home. The Bills' defense is good. I mean, yeah. it, that's not their issue. Their, their issue is on offense. Um, so just given the, the low over-under, uh, the, 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 uh, the tendency of, of Jacksonville giving up these sacks, uh, I, I think that, that you're in a good spot for a high floor. And then obviously, you know, Blake Bortles can be Blake Bortles and throw pick sixes, and then you, you all, of a, all of a sudden hit that ceiling. Yeah, um, uh, the Bills this year, the Bills defense has been very usable for fantasy purposes when, when the offense can be functional. And I think that, you know, there's a decent chance of them being being functional here. I mean, Barkley Barkley gets the start, right? Uh, I saw Josh Allen was practicing, so I don't know if Barkley's going to actually oh, okay. start. Well, either, either way, it's not Peterman, so that's important. Yeah. Word. Go ahead, Denny. My turn. <laughs> Awkward silence. Um, the Dallas defense, JJ, is available in 75% of leagues. Uh, so <clears throat> Thanksgiving Day. They're a uh, seven and a half point favorite at home with a uh, 40 point total in that one. So it'll be a barn burner, as the, the children say. In, uh, so in, in 21 career losses, Colt McCoy has completed a meager 58 percent of his passes with a 21 to 19 touchdown to interception ratio, which isn't the best. And um, the so and, and also to go along with Washington's banged up slash you know obliterated offensive line the cowboys have one of the highest sack rates in the league at 7.9 percent so mccoy should be under pressure uh especially if especially if they washington falls behind and again they're more than a touchdown uh underdog so uh dallas at home has at least eight fantasy points in three of their four home games i'm sorry you can hear my daughter (laughs) She's she's not happy. She, you know what? She's saying, "Dad, please don't recommend the Dallas defense." Yeah, please. Yeah, Cole or McCoy. or she's or she's crying thinking about that Washington offense. Yeah, Cole McCoy is good. Um, uh, <clears throat> so anyway, yeah. So available in seventy five percent of leagues. There was some, oh, there was one. Okay, one thing I wanted to say about Dallas on Thanksgiving. My dad, every single year of my life, has asked me, "Is Dallas at home on Thanksgiving?" <laughs> And every year, since I, honestly, since I was like nine years old, I was like, yes, Dad, Dallas is always at home. And he's like, no, no, no. They're not always at home. They just always play. And then I go crazy, and then I actually lose my mind. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Love it. Yeah, so Dallas is a good play. Uh, I think that they'll be able to keep Adrian Peterson in check. And, uh, I mean, that the, again, that Washington offense is, is not anything to be feared. Um, at quarterback, Lamar Jackson is someone that, that people should be looking at to stream. Uh, he only ran the ball 27 times. (laughs) What the hell was that offense? I, I mean, first of all, rest in peace, John Brown, Crabtree, everybody. Oh, rest in peace. All of that. Yes. I mean, the only reason that you should be hold, I talked about this in 15 transactions this week. The only reason you should be holding on to John Brown is is the hope that Joe Flacco returns and they start him. That's really because they have a great schedule moving forward. I mean, you can maybe hope that Lamar Jackson uh, becomes something as a passer, but it's that's that's a lot of wishful thinking just given the fact that he's a rookie and he's looked the way that he has. Um, but you know, we know that he can compile a lot of of yards with his legs. We saw that this past week. That's going to give him an, an insane floor. Um, he was still, I think, he, what he scored like fourteen points or something this past week with yeah with uh without a touchdown. So. Uh, we, we have a good floor with Lamar Jackson, um, but Oakland is bad. Uh, they're coming off a game where they allowed three touchdowns to Josh Rosen. 
Uh, they've now given up multiple touchdowns in all but one game this year, and that was to Case Keenum all the way back in week two. Um, the Ravens actually have a pretty decent team total in this game. It's at uh, close to 27. And huh. considering that Lamar Jackson is so involved in that offense, he's touching the ball all the time. He's literally, I mean, he, he is such a large part of the offense because he's running the ball so much. Um, considering that, that means that if and when they score, if and when they compile these 27 points, <clears throat> Lamar Jackson is likely to be involved in some way. So I think that, you know, you have the floor with his rushing, but then you have the ceiling because Oakland's been bad. They've given up multiple scores in all but one game this year. Uh, and then the the, uh, the team total is actually pretty strong for Baltimore. I think all of that comes together with Lamar Jackson being a pretty good streaming play. I think the the implied total for Baltimore is a big tip-off here. I think that's a it's good point. Cr- yeah, I was really, really surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I am going to talk about Jameis Winston because I think, as you pointed out, uh, the, the combo, you know, the— the unholy mutation of Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, is pretty good as far as fantasy yeah, goes. Yeah, QB two. Yes, uh, I think. Well, right now they're just behind Goff, and obviously, oh, the Goff, behind, the, the but, Goff surpass. Well, at least on a on a per game basis, because Goff, right? That's right, right. Because Goff right. hasn't had his buy yet. Yeah, twenty five, almost twenty five points per game from from those two. Um, so if one of them can make it through a whole game, which is which is asking a lot. It is um, these days. It is, and and I just wanna I just wanna say that on the Saturday Start Sit podcast on Patreon.com/slash Living the Stream, I was very hesitant about starting Fitzpatrick because of the possibility that he would melt down because that's what he does. You know, that's that's and and same with same with Jameis. So I I'm a little bit uh, sheepish to be to be all in on Winston, but the. The, the the matchup is good. So this game, first of all, talking about over-unders, this game like has like a... 55 or something. 55. Yeah. I thought I had that in my notes, but I don't see it here. Yeah, I okay. think it's at 55. Yeah, 55 point total. That's re- oh, I have it in the in the other. Okay, so um, yeah, 55 point total. Um, only five teams have allowed more touchdown passes this year than the Niners, and the Niners have allowed a bunch of big big plays, which happens tends tends to happen with Tampa. Only five defenses give up more yards per completion than San Francisco, and on top of that, Winston is available in ninety percent of leagues. Yeah, I, I think he's he's a, a very good play. Uh, I will add, Denny. You know, I, I think that that generally, you know, I, I give advice on, you know, I write 15 transactions on Monday and I'm trying to kind of brain vomit and give advice with, with how I'm feeling about the fantasy landscape and stuff. But then I, I realize kind of what I'm doing and what my actions are with my fantasy teams. And and I picked up Jameis Winston. This is a, a humble brag. I picked up Jameis Winston in a lot of leagues last week because mm. because of, of this scenario that could unfold, including the LTS league. Oh, you you bastard! Where I had I had Kirk Cousins, who's been meh, uh, Jam- yeah. but now I have Jameis, which is fun. And look, <clears throat> I deserve it because in that LTS league this week, okay, I was up forty going into the Monday night game. I was up forty points, okay, and I had Todd Gurley, and he had Jared Goff and Travis Kelsey, and I lost by like thirteen. Dang, it, it's it, it was an insane, just an insane turnaround i yeah uh, i saw the the tilt on todd Gurley twitter was incredible and i get it lots of points scored your guy is not involved um uh but you know he's he's carried you all year not not you not not you specifically but you know some weeks you're not gonna get 35 from the guy yeah no i agree i i totally agree i think that it's you, you can't you can't totally complain with, with about todd Gurley. It, it is surprising though i mean that was the nut matchup for him it was it was he what he had what four or five receptions or am i exactly yeah, he was that? he was fine and i mean he had like well not he wasn't fine he had like 13 or 14 points i think gosh i would have thought it was more than that yeah okay. i mean it was it was kind of annoying that I lost that, but hey, I'm going like I said from the beginning. I've had some bad luck in the LTS league this year. I'm just going for that point spot. Yeah, we're we're facing each other in the playoffs right now. If we if are we, I'm, I am today. I am the four seed. I think right now, but we'll see we'll see how. Actually, I might be I might be best record not in. So it'd be the five. Well, whatever, whatever. It'll mm-hmm. we'll we'll worry about that after week thirteen. All right, the next we streamer. We have two more quarterback streamers. Uh, I'll quickly talk about this one. It's Eli Manning. 
Um, I think in any other any other season, really, you would be not starting Eli Manning on the road against Philadelphia. I do think he's still sort of a deeper play, uh, just just given that. You know, it's an in-division game. It's the second time they face each other this year. Um, but the Eagles' secondary is banged up and has not been good. Over their last four games, they've allowed two top five performances. Now, that was to Drew Brees and Cam Newton, so those are two very good quarterbacks, obviously. Um, but the other two, they allowed top 12 performances, and that was to Blake Bortles and Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Um, they have not looked good. Uh, uh, so this is a matchup where Eli uh, has, has been better. Uh, they, they fixed the offensive line a bit. Um, so, you know, he's gotten a little bit better protection. I don't think he's a terrible play. I wouldn't be playing him over Lamar Jackson or Jameis Winston, but you can do worse. You could barely do worse than, than, than there are fourth. We're, we're providing four streaming quarterbacks this week because on living the stream, you get 6.9% extra. Uh, Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins, Nick slash Chris Mullins is back. Uh, he's at Tampa Bay. And what would a Living the Stream episode in the year of our Lord 2018 be without mention of Tampa's defense? <clears throat> and so here we go. They're it's atrocious. at Tampa. So again, 55 point uh, over under. Uh, Tampa Bay is a three and a half point favorite, which, you know, is not fantastic for process purposes uh, when we're talking about Mullins. But it's it's also not frightening. I mean, the Bucks are bad. <clears throat> um so Tampa's giving up 21.6 schedule-adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks, which is the second most in the league. And every quarterback this season, besides uh, Nick Foles and Alex Smith, so this is an attack on our brand. Yeah, it um, sure is. Every, every quarterback this season, besides Smith and Foles, has thrown multiple touchdowns against Tampa, while six of ten quarterbacks have cracked the 300-yard mark against them. I kind of like Mullins better than Eli I don't know I think you could I think you could go that direction my only fear with Mullins is that they've been pretty conservative with him he's only thrown it 15 plus air yards on like eight percent of his throws uh and that's easily easily the yeah. league's worst among relevant quarterbacks I mean Derek Carr who is next in line next lowest he's at like 12 percent so yeah. that's kind of a fear is that they they haven't thrown <clears throat> it down the field with Mullins but this is definitely the matchup I mean th- this is this is the spot for any quarterback to kind of uh, get going and, and yeah. produce fantasy points. I mean, mostly it's Nick Mullins and a GPP. Yeah, exactly. All right, we got three tight ends. Denny, why don't you kick it off because you have two of them. Lance Kendricks, uh, Jimmy Graham, is he, has he been declared out? or is Not, he... I saw one report where it said that he might try to play, even though the initial report with Jimmy Graham was that he was going to be out four to six weeks. So this is kind of one of those annoying, like, yeah. like you know, we, we saw this with O.J. Howard earlier in the season where it was like, oh, he's going to be out two to four weeks, and then he just played. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, awesome, cool guys. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, but look, if you're the Packers, you got to get your decrepit tight end on the field if you can. Yeah, you got to do um, and but so Lance Kendricks would be next in line. Uh, the the Packers are playing against the Vikings. T- uh, tight ends have caught at least three passes in seven of ten games against the Vikings. Now I came up with that stat because I was I was desperate to say something positive about this matchup because otherwise the matchup stinks. But all we're talking about is route running and possibly target opportunity. Yeah. Um, so before Jimmy Graham went down and and before his really terrible game against the Dolphins, he was averaging, I swear to God, I didn't make this up. This is my third 69 joke of the, of the show, but Graham was seeing 6.9 targets per game before before that, uh, the, the injury and then, or, or I'm sorry, the bad game and then the injury. So Kendricks could see, you know, some targets. Well, you, you're, you're super desperate if you're playing Kendricks. I'll just say that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think that the obvious tight end streamer this week is Cameron Brait. Um, OJ Howard uh, <clears throat> breaking right before we got on this podcast, we realized that, or not right before, it was. I just missed the report, but uh, apparently OJ Howard's on IR now. No, God. Yeah, yeah. So uh, OJ Howard's going to miss some time with this ankle injury, so that should allow Cameron Brait to really emerge as the team's top tight end. Um, OJ Howard's been effective. It's really weird. I mean, he's just been like really efficient. Uh, you know, they're not running like an insane number of routes per se. Um, but I think that, you know, obviously, uh, whenever you, you know, 
whenever if OJ Howard is going to be sidelined, then a lot of those routes are just going to go to Cameron Braid. So you're going to just see a lot of that production kind of go to one tight end instead of splitting it a little bit, even though Cameron Braid hasn't been very usable. Um, but really, you're associating him with an offense that throws a lot. They have the second most pass attempts in the league this year. Um, and obviously this week in particular, they're at home. There's a high over under. That's what you need from a tight end because you're really hoping that they can find the end zone. And, and that's the, you know, it's, it's the matchup's fine. Um, but you know, you're really associating your tight end with an offense that can score in a high yeah. over under where that offense is favored. I mean, it's, hey, it's a great spot for Cameron Braid. You could do a lot worse. Oh, for sure. For sure. And here's, here's one way you could do worse. Uh, you could play Nick Vanette. At Carolina, he plays for the Seahawks, by the way. Mm. Uh, Vinette, so Vinette only ran 17 routes last week uh, and 19 routes the week before. He caught a touchdown the week before, so his recent stats look a little a little better because of that. Um, <clears throat> and he has uh, he only has two targets each over the last two games. Nevertheless, uh, Carolina allows the most scheduled adjusted fantasy points to tight ends. Only the Colts and Browns have allowed more tight end catches than the Panthers this season. And the nine tight end touchdowns against Carolina this year leads the league. And Vanette uh, is out there in 90% of leagues. I would prefer Vanette over Lance Kendricks personally, but maybe that maybe I'm buying too much into the matchup. I don't know. No, I think that's fine. I mean, they're both dart throws. That's, that's, that's basically where we're at with tight end. You know, where I think Cameron Braid is actually an option that people should be adding off the waiver wire for potential week in, week out production. But guys like Kendricks and Vanette, I mean, you know, it's kind of whatever. Yeah, it is whatever. Uh, to recap, <laughs> we have Nick Vanette, Lance Kendricks, and Cameron Braid. Eli Manning, Nick Mullins, but the real streamers would be uh, Lamar Jackson and Jameis Winston. And on defense, we have Dallas and Buffalo. Denny, let's get yes. to these questions. It's Thanksgiving week, by the way. And we actually did not get a ton of Thanksgiving-related questions, which was kind of surprising. But first, I want to talk about our favorite cleaning product in the world. Yes. Try, try Nova. We need, to, we need to clean up this section of the podcast. <laughs> try Nova. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 that, that was not scripted, I swear. Um, my, my writers have been fired. Um, <clears throat> so so my, my, my Try Nova, and, and by the way, th- these are... Highly specialized cleaning products. It's a family-owned company out of Chicago. We talked about them the last couple of weeks. Um, they were nice enough to send us a lot of products to try out in our homes. Uh, you, you remember me talking about them. I had another experience to report, a positive experience. Um, last night, Dad came over to watch the, the game, uh, and we played ping pong before the game. And But my, t- my table was a mess because I've had – Halloween stuff piled up on it and so it's just dirt and like mud from outside just it's just disgusting so I took the all-purpose cleaner the Trinova all-purpose cleaner and I soaked that bad boy and I used that specialized little rag that they sent which is really cool and and I made it at the cleanest it's been honestly since the first Bush administration I'm sorry to get political but but it really was it really was incredibly clean so if you want to try Trinova products, uh, and this is for LTS listeners only, obviously, you can get exclusive 20% off your first order by searching Trinova, that's T-R-I-N-O-V-A, searching Trinova on Amazon, and then entering the code FOLSWEEK3, that's 20% off, the code is FOLSWEEK3, <clears throat> oh, my voice, <laughs> oh no, FOLSWEEK3. <laughs> All right, let's get to the good oh, Twitter question. I'm so embarrassed. This first one's from at Franz Coffee Cake. Did KCLA live up to the hype as the greatest regular season game in football history? We already talked about that, actually. Uh, I'm going to say yes. It's the greatest I, regular I season game so. in football history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question at the Rad Carpenter, buddy Tom. He says, "Standard league, would you hold and start rest of season and playoffs, Mitch Trubisky or Tom Brady?" Ooh. My answer to that is Mitch Trubisky. I think so. They also get San Francisco, Green Bay, and and uh, the Rams in the playoffs. Dude, that's that's money. That's why last week he was a buy in fifteen transactions. <clears throat> I like to look at schedules, Denny. You do. You're, that's one of your hobbies. Yeah, it is. Next question at r underscore ruxin approved a trade in a home league because I'm not a monster, and some members have been tilting ever since. 
Can you please talk to them and explain why trades that aren't collusion should never be vetoed? Okay. I sent a tweet out. Uh, my, my mentions have been, I've just ignored my mentions the last 24 hours because I sent a tweet out and I say, commissioners need to stop vetoing trades because they do. And then people are like, well, what if it's collusion? Yeah, of course, if it's collusion, you can veto the freaking trade. Like guys, quit, quit this. What if stuff, you guys know what I mean when I say commissioners should stop vetoing trades. There are, you know, and then everyone has these extreme examples. Well, what if someone's trading Antonio Brown for James Washington? Like, when is that happening? That's not happening, you guys. I'm talking about the scenarios where there's a trade where it's, sure, it might be lopsided, but you can see, a, you can understand why uh, the trade went down. Like, someone someone wrote into the Late Round podcast last week, and they said, should we veto this trade of Mike Davis for Russell Wilson? Why would you veto that trade? Why not? Why, what's wrong with that trade? <laughs> what is wrong with that trade? Like, of course you would not veto it. You, you you were getting a potential starting running back for for a little while for a totally re- replaceable quarterback. What's 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 the, wrong with exactly? That? So so those are the types of trades that I'm talking about. So trades that are that have there's no collusion, and, and then people say, how do you know if there's collusion or not? You just talk to the freaking owners. You just talk to the league managers. And if there's no collusion, you need to walk around in your underwear in the Oval Office and say, no collusion, no collusion, no collusion, no collusion. Uh, but like the, the, other, the other piece of this too, I just lost my train of thought. I'm not even going to, I'm so tilted over uh, no, this no, whole no, commissioner the, thing. The guy, the guy had a, the listener had a, a, a trade that he wanted us to evaluate. Uh, I don't, I didn't, see, oh wait, okay. Let me, is, is it on there? Is it in here? Oh yeah, uh, it is. Know. It says for context, there there is more to this question. For context, before week eleven, two teams on playoff bubble, five and five, four and six, Brandon Cooks for Brita and Djax. How how is that a bad trade? I it seems perfectly fine. What is wrong with that tra- guys? You need to relax. Get your like it's so arrogant for commissioners to look at trades like that and say, <clears throat> Nope, not going through. It's just ridiculous. I guess it's I guess if if there's like a, a household name, and I don't know if Brandon Cook, well, fantasy wise, Brandon Cooks is a household name, then that that seems to carry an enormous weight with some people. Sure, sure. I feel I also feel like people uh, don't realize that Matt Breida is really good. Yeah, like Matt Breida is damn good. So I just I'm I'm done with this whole commissioner talk. I, I need to never send a tweet about being a commissioner again. That's true. It's the same thing. Like I tweeted earlier today about um, having a spot on your on your in your playoffs for points. You know, similar to what we're doing in the uh, what we've done in the LTS league because it, it allows. You know, obviously there's going to be a lot of bad luck. I, I will say I can't remember a season where I've gotten more owned by 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 points against. Like it's it's just been so frustrating. You, you you want to reward high scoring teams. That that's that's why we're playing. We're to, we're playing to maximize points. It's the point of the whole g- damn game. I'm sorry to the kids. Right, and I can understand the argument where someone comes <clears throat> in and they say, "Well, what if you know you only had like you know half of half of your games were like blow up weeks, and the other half were horrible. There's no consistency." I get that to a degree, but I'm not saying that this is a points league. I'm saying that you're at least rewarding one team with a lot of points. So that, you know, even if they did have truly bad luck and even if they were consistent while seeing that bad luck, they still have a chance to get in the playoffs. And then people are chiming in and they're saying, well, we do this and we do this and we do this and we do this. It's like, I get it. I'm just giving, I'm just giving you guys something to just kind of feed off of and maybe utilize in your own league. But then there are some people who, I mean, the, the Venn diagram of people who probably believe in wins as a pitching statistic and, and a quarterback statistic and people who hate points spots in their leagues the venn diagram is just one circle it, it absolutely is i i loved somebody said to you uh they reminded you that life is not fair and sometimes <laughs> but okay here's the thing if you have the opportunity to make life a little more fair i think you should take that's it. right that's right you know? that's right the the answer to, to things is not well life isn't fair that's not the right. answer to these things like like okay okay the universe is hostile uh Let's let's try you know to make it a little less hostile where we can. That that's what we're going for. Right. Maybe maybe the reason life isn't fair is because things around it suck and people aren't doing enough to try to make it not suck. <laughs> right. 
God. Next question. At Adam G. Blevins. I'm usually all for running jokes into the ground, 69, Arby's, etc. But for some reason, the whole ketchup Mahomes thing feels stale already. Thoughts? It does. Dude, I, yes, thank you. Thank you for that. I honestly have been so deeply annoyed <laughs> by this. And, and, but I think that it's doubly horrible for me because for some reason, people on social media link me to this phenomenon of eating ketchup with steak. Now, I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> why would they link you to that? As, as I, because it's bad, I guess. Right, Cause it's right. like, Cause a bad like, food take. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad food take. Sure. I get it. I, so I get that part, but I've never said that I do it. Also, you're mistaking me for the president. Also, um, the, the, um, I don't like steak. I've said this many times. Yeah, that's yeah, true. You have said that on the show. I don't, steak is bad. So, so, and, and I know I haven't had the right steak. I know, but um. <laughs> anytime, by the way, guys, Anytime we say something's bad on the show, there's at least three people that respond to us after the show and they say, Well, you haven't had a good one before. You haven't had a good one. Twitter's the best. <laughs> oh my God. Every time I'm like, This music sucks. So, like, no, you haven't listened to the right album. I'm like, I hate you so much. Well, you can't have an opinion without someone just, just, just jumping on you. <sighs> All right. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I, I, I will admit, I sent one joke when it first came out. Okay, about about the it was it was the the playing on ketchup and and being a dad. Um, yeah. But that's that's really the extent of it for me because like like this gentleman Adam has said, it's it, definitely been running to the ground. It's it's it feels like we've been talking about it for for fifteen years. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's been around forever. Uh, next question at Eric Belair JJ on today's late round podcast. Uh, he actually said cast. At one point, you suggested trading with a team that is out of playoff contention. Is this viewed as kosher and redraft outside of the scenario where someone is trying to avoid a last place punishment? So what I said on the show was Joe Mixon being a buy candidate because of week 15 and 16. And there's a lot of risk involved because he's injured, right? Um, but the, the reason I brought that up is because you might be able to get a, a decent deal from a desperate team that might be somewhat out of playoff contention that's willing to give up someone like Joe Mixon. Uh -huh. um, but to me, yes, you can, as long as the rules say you can trade, then you can trade with anyone. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't uh, cut off the bottom two or three teams in a league just because they don't have a chance. They're, we're still playing. The season's still going. And my, my go-to with this, my go-to response with this kind of thing is, if there are situations in your league where you see a team taking advantage of another team or a team gives up, so they give like a so-so trade, you know, not one that's vetoable and collusion and any of that, but it is a trade that's fairly lopsided because they don't really care that much. Find reasons for them to care. Find, find, you know, have a weekly payout system or make last place have to do something like find something so that these teams have to have to care in some way so that they aren't motivated to just give up whatever yeah you have to incentivize people well i mean in in good leagues you don't have to incentivize anybody but i guess in some leagues you you do so that yeah that's a good solution yeah next question at matt three r mind for matter mind i told my friend that Gurley wasn't an mvp candidate and then he called me a quote qb truther is this what being owned is supposed to feel like not sure i can recover okay how amazing is it that we see the game last night happened, happen, and prior to that game, there were a lot of people saying that Todd Gurley should be MVP of the league. Yeah. And then, and then he's just barely involved in the offense, and they, they dropped 54. Well, I yeah, guess the weird. defense did a lot too, but the offense was efficient. That's super, super weird how that, how that happened. Yeah, yeah almost, uh, almost like they uh, aren't very important. Yeah, I mean, I, well, yesterday... When I said that uh, I'm looking forward to watching two MVP candidates and Todd Gurley in this game, uh, I was immediately called a racist, which I don't even understand because <laughs> what the heck? I, I, but but uh, <laughs> um, but I am dis I am discriminatory against running backs. I I, I will admit that. Sure. Uh, next question is from at Stroker Ace Twenty One. Last week the New York Jets defense. This week Arizona defense. You're on a hot streak. Who will it be this week? So I brought this up, Denny, okay. because I went back and I looked at our picks this year, 
And hello, Jason underscore H. Guess what? <laughs> Our defenses this season, the defenses that we have streamed, our main defensive plays, that includes the Jets and the Cardinals. And the Cardinals weren't even that bad last week. But it includes the Jets and the Cardinals. Guess what? We've compiled a Frankenstein defense that is defense three. And the only reason why it's not defense two is because the Rams scored 18 defensive touchdowns last night. Boom. Boom. Realistically, our defensive streamers have only been worse than Chicago. And Chicago has been out of their mind good. Right. So get owned. Yeah. First, okay, Arizona scored five points. Wait, have you never won a fantasy game with five points from your defense? Like, is that like... At, like unreasonable for for your defense to score. It's defense, man. It's hard to predict. Uh, also, the process was absolutely pristine for both of those plays. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad tweet, man. That's a bad tweet. Next question at BF Daniel M. Pretty sure the Saints are doing this Taysom Hill shit so they can execute that one super special trick play they have up their sleeve in the Super Bowl. Thoughts? He is the ultimate red zone vulture for Breeze and the running backs. For, so. Okay, I don't. I think people are like overstating what Taysom Hill is doing for this offense in terms of fantasy, like how he's stealing from from other players in this offense. It really, it hasn't been like that significant, right? I mean, it's tilting. It's tilting. Yeah. Right. Well, he's not stealing from anybody because he's not doing anything. Right. It's, yeah, right. So I I have thought about this though. I think that they're just like this is just like one super long like they're 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 waiting for this moment in an actual big game to just unleash this insane play with Taysom Hill. It's just, yeah, that, that that sounds right to me. It also sounds right to say that Sean Payton is like a bored kid with a lot of cool toys who, you know, wants to get crazy sometimes and brings in Hill and has 15 people in motion and runs a, runs a triple option for three yards on, on, on first down instead of, you know, just throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara for 20 yards. And, it drives me. It drives me nuts. Also, I've been, I've had Saints folks in my mentions after I said Taysom Hill's the the, the stupidest thing about the NFL right now. Uh, I have Saints people in my mentions saying um, the Saints won. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, my mind has changed in that in that case. <laughs> it is. It is interesting. I, I did look at Taysom Hill's rushing numbers, and his success rate is actually pretty decent. So I, I oh, will at least give sh- them that. I will give it. them that. But I think it's I think it's gimmicky and kind of annoying. Uh, this next question is from at Get the Hammer GLV. Corn, are we still doing this? <laughs> it is Thanksgiving week. Uh, oh. Denny, are you? How much corn are you getting? I mean, I feel like that, that I have to ask that question. I'm just I'm just gonna inject it straight into my veins. Uh, uh, liquid corn. Uh, by the way, our friend friend of the show TJ Hernandez was the was the one who came up with that joke. Yeah, it was a while. I don't remember how it all came about, though. He, so he, so I I said that I like corn at Thanksgiving, and then he took it and ran with it. And so he was the originator of like the Denny loves corn meme. And I forgot about that until we were emailing the other day, and he reminded me of it. And that was, that was so long ago. And obviously, TJ is an editor and DFS writer for Four for Four. Um, great, a great analyst. You should definitely read everything he, he writes, but, but mo- most importantly, he's the creator of the corn thing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Good for you, TJ props. Do you have some questions from Facebook, Denny? I do. I do. Yeah. We have, Funny a, they... we have a Facebook page. You guys can, uh, can look for a group, a Facebook group from that are, that is, uh, made by the fans for the fans. It the, is. It's a good, it's a good, it's a really good page. You guys should check it out. Um, <laughs> Uh, also, I'm going to post a thing on the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash living the stream for questions for tomorrow's emergency cast. Uh, we're just going to call it that um, <clears throat> if you want to chime in there. So Mike Callahan on Facebook asks, if Arby's wanted to advertise on your podcast, what would you say? Yes. <laughs> of course. We, that, that's that's like the perfect the, the perfect sponsor. That That I would – I would wear an Arby's T-shirt and hat or, around for the rest of my life. If, if yeah, it'd be if, great if they if they advertise. So so yes, the answer is quite. If you guys have a connection with Arby's, let us know. Yeah, and I know I know the Arby's CEO is listening to this. So yeah, right. um, you know, hit us up. Um, sticking with Arby's, Alex Jerry on the Facebook page asks, how many liters of horsey sauce did Carson Wentz slam? 
before the Saints game. And is this his new <laughs> is this his new pregame ritual? <laughs> yeah, man. Carson Wentz was horrible. Good God. That offense uh, was that offense was bad. Um as people are asking for defenses going forward, I, I can I can address that uh, tomorrow unless unless JJ you had something on top of mind. No, nothing really off the top of my head. All right. And um oh and then uh uh, uh Daniel Daniel Reginald S. Kim, the eighth Esquire, asks uh, Houston defense or the streamers. Uh, I'd go Houston against Tennessee. I yes at yes. home. Houston's defense is is pretty strong. Yeah, I'd go I'd go Houston over the streamers. But the streamers are good, I think, this week. Sure, I do like the streamers then, this week. Yeah, but I do like Houston a little more. Uh, finally, uh, John Thomas uh, says, "Are we st- <laughs> are we still serial killers if we hold on to Greg the leg through the bye week?" I'm doing that in a couple of leagues. You monster! No, so I wrote about this in the kicker column, which is on the Patreon page, and uh, so Butker and Zerline are both off this week, uh, presenting. Uh, you know, kicker tilt for uh, millions of of fantasy players across the country. I my feelings are I'm I'm torn because if you have a short bench, I don't think there's any reason to use two spots of your roster. For, I agree there. For yeah, yeah. I, the the leagues I have Zerline, I I have a fairly. I actually I have Zerline and Apex for instance. I'm probably going to keep them there. And yeah, so. Um, and, but if you if you have you know if you have more I don't know if you're in a 12 team league and you have more than like, like six or more bench spots then I guess I guess you go ahead and keep I, I I don't see the harm in that too much but if if you're in one of these leagues like like on the in the LTS league I think last year we had this brutal bench just crazy short bench um, uh, I I just I just wouldn't do that. Kickers are still replaceable. I mean, even even the good ones are replaceable. You know, Mike Badgley walked off the street and is now a borderline like elite kicker option. So uh, don't don't go crazy. But you know, I guess follow JJ's uh, uh, lead and 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 keep Zerline. Denny Denny wants to fight me over this take. I I do. I yeah. I want to reach to the screen right now. Honestly. Um. Should I go to back to Twitter? Yeah, let's do a couple more. All right. This next one's from at FF Penis. Uh, it says, is cheesecake a cake or a pie? And before you answer by citing the word cake in the name, keep in mind that Boston cream pie is a cake. I'm tilting. Uh, cheesecake to me is a pie, actually. I don't think it's a cake. I think cake, I think cake, sorry, when I think cake, I think of like the, the cake part of cake. It has to yeah. be involved in cake. Yeah, I I'll, yeah, sure. I'll go with pie. That 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 sort of blows my mind, but yeah. I think it is a pie. Next question. Right. At the cool fun dad. What's the bigger misconception? Running backs matter, cranberry sauce is good, or that couples regularly buy each other new cars as Christmas presents? Oh. The 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 the, the, the car on Christmas uh tilt is real this time of year. The, the 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 third yes the last thing i mean the revolution will will begin because of <laughs> i think i commercials. agree i think i agree that you are rubbing salt in the wound of every like you know working person in 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 the united states by being like Oh, look at these! Look at this couple. They they each bought each other a hundred and ten thousand dollar Mercedes, right? Right for Christmas. And like <clears throat> that is that is so out of touch. It's unbelievable. I don't know who they're advertising to besides like the top, you know, point three percent. I, I yeah, it it drives me nuts. But also, cranberry sauce is a horror show. So. It is. I, I'm. I don't know how people do that, man. Especially the canned stuff. Like, what are you doing? Ugh. What are you doing right now? Next question at polished tweeter. Should successfully beloved TV sitcoms, i.e., Arrested Development, The Office, etc., attempt reboots to stay or attempt reboots? Wow, attempt reboots or stay retired in infamy forever? Retired. I agree. I you you can, the people who are who are wanting. Did you see Steve Carell on SNL and stuff? And they yeah. tease the Office reboot and stuff. The the people wanting the Office to come back are out of their minds. Oh, 
It's going to be bad, guys. It's going to be. It's it, going to ruin ruin everything. It's going to ruin everything. The Office, the Steve Carell seasons of the Office of the Office were like it was like the perfect show, and and all of a sudden you're just going to ruin it because you're greedy. Just yeah, just let it be. You know, some things are good as is. I I've always thought that um like game uh, not Game of Thrones um uh, what's the Kevin Spacey show on Netflix House of Cards House of Cards I always thought House of Cards would have been great legendary even if it had ended after the second season when you know spoiler alert when he becomes president sure and as soon as he becomes president bang and end the show the arc is done the arc is done it start he started from nowhere now he's president that's it no but they get greedy they go on and on and on and the show is garbage yes you do not want to reboot and i know my favorite show twin peaks had a reboot two years ago and but the way that it was done was completely different than any than anybody is used to and in fact in many ways it erased the original series so <laughs> so uh, um uh you don't want that <clears throat> yeah i agree i agree I, and and the the best shows that people look back like breaking bad is is collectively an accepted best show right for from a lot of people right i know that you're not the biggest fan of breaking bad but breaking bad also stopped at a good time they they the, they knew when to just cut it off, stop it, and then you look at a show like Dexter, which went on for forty five freaking seasons, and it had the worst ending imaginable. Mm. So, yeah, I you can't bring it back. Uh, next question at Mana underscore Dork: How many touchdown celebrations on Thursday involve players sitting down to a Thanksgiving dinner? I have the over under at two and a half. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the under, but yeah, at least at least a couple. I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna go with three because uh, there's three games. And one team from every, like, you know, because once, like, a, you know, if the, if the Saints score a touchdown and they do it, the, the Falcons can't do it then. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the entire Saints team coming out for a photo shoot after every touchdown. That's, that's, that's gotten to be so much fun. I can't wait for it to keep happening. <laughs> Next question, at number one, Punna. Uh, since this is a bathroom podcast now, a question for you both. When you take a shower... Do you face the water, turn your back on the water, or rotate depending on what you are washing? When you're in the shower, I mean, I, you don't stand in the same direction the whole time, do you? Uh, no, because the soap is on my back. Yeah, exactly. Right. You can't. You can't just stand straight. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm rotating like a pig on a spit the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, next question at Chris underscore Quick. What's more tilting when your child starting when you when you child starting rolling over wow come on Chris come on what's more tilting when your child starts rolling over mid diaper change or when oh. Trey Burton is sitting on 9 yards with 2 minutes left to play <laughs> Yeah the the uh the rolling over thing has not been fun No no you actually here so here's a tip um hold down the hip Yeah that's what I've been I actually I have been doing that at night and in like I'll, I'll stand there while she's in, in her crib and then eventually yeah. she just kind of stops and gives up. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta, I mean, you don't have to be forceful, but yeah, yeah, if you just course. hold down the hip, they cannot roll over it. <laughs> it's kind of funny actually. But, um, I learned that the hard way because my son once turned over when he was like a year old and just got it all over me. So, you know, next question. This is the last question. We'll st- we'll end it on this. This is from at Bobby Podunk. It first says, Jag, you heirs. And then it says, also, have you had that moment when your child, when, when you've your child, come on guys, get the, get the typing correctly. When your child, when you have your child over your shoulder burping them and they puke, you wait for the splatter and it doesn't come and you know, it's all down your back. (laughs) Yeah, no, the the lack of a splatter sound is, is you just kind of close your eyes and go, Oh God! <laughs> yeah, the the one thing with Avery that's been uh, rough is that she's a spit up baby, right? She's mm-hmm. a, she's a reflex baby, mm-hmm. and it is it, it's it's now a celebration in the house. Whenever we you know we burp mid bottle and then we burp at the end of the bottle, if we get no spit up in the burp, it's it's like pants off dance party time. <laughs> like that that's 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 what goes down when you when you hear the burp and you can kind of hear the liquid in the throat, but nothing comes out. Yeah, that 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 is worthy of taking your pants off. 
And if and if she and if she does spit up, then it's a shirt off, no dance party. That's right. That's right. I've done so much laundry because of her having reflux issues. Oh yeah. Great time. Great time. Anyway, Denny, that's going to do it for today's show. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? At CD Carter thirteen for the good tweets and uh, check out my kicker column. Lots of kicker notes this week, guys. It's so many that you would say that I spent too much time on it, which perhaps I did. It's patreon.com slash living the stream. And I'm on Twitter at late round QB. All my work over on numberfire.com. Uh, I will have tomorrow on Wednesday. The report will be out in the morning. And then since Thursday is Thanksgiving, my matchups podcast, the late round podcast. Uh, will be out Thursday or sorry Wednesday afternoon. This, right. this is why I hate Thanksgiving week. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, but thanks for listening, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Eat lots of turkey. Uh, send Denny all of the pictures of your plate. Uh, uh, please, please do that. Especially if you have a lot of corn. Denny, Denny really likes corn. I don't know if you guys heard that or not. But happy Thanksgiving. We're very thankful for you guys, and we will talk to you next week. Uh, 2.20 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, the, I'm on hour two of the Ryan Suckup tilt, which is a particular kind of tilt uh, that originated in the movie Hellraiser, I believe. Um, so the line in the movie Hellraiser... Uh, uh, your suffering will be legendary is actually related to touting Ryan Suckup against the Colts. That's that's sort of what I'm what I've come to realize over the past hour and a half. Uh as the Titans uh completely, you know, folded against the Colts. Um the Colts, as I mentioned in the Living the Stream podcast this week, uh, apply no pressure on the quarterback, one of the worst uh, sack rates in the league. And, of course, Marcus Mariota is under constant duress in this one, uh, meaning that, uh, you know, nothing good is happening. I believe Mariota is now injured, which, of course, <laughs> right? I mean, um, I don't buy into the injury-prone Narrative, uh, but holy cow, Marcus Mariota, you're making me doubt myself about players who are injury prone. I, I do think, <clears throat> I do think that you can say that some guys don't know how to avoid hits or or how to fall. I think that that you uh, see that with with you know with wide receivers who stay healthy despite going up for acrobatic catches constantly i think deandre hopkins is is probably the best at this at the this is just that extreme otherworldly body control that some guys have where you know hopkins can go up for a ball you know with three defenders draped on him and it looks like he's going to come down on his head and somehow he he shifts just subtly enough so that you know, he lands on his hip or his butt or, you know, something something with some, you know, something not his head, basically. And so some guys know how to fall. I can tell you one thing. Marcus Mariota does not know how to fall. He also has no awareness of what's happening around him. None. You can see that. He just stands there like a statue and gets walloped by oncoming defenders. I'm tilting. Computer, why are my kicker picks tanking this week? Why is everything bad? Why the hell did you not recommend Josh Lambeau, you idiot? <sighs> I'm tilting. It's 2.52 in the Eastern Time Zone and the internet is out. Which, I'm taking this as a as a merciful gesture from the simulation ridding me of any connection uh, to what's happening in the NFL games right now because none of it is good. 
Have I mentioned how much I hate when my fantasy players play against the Cowboys? Because for Dallas, if things go right, you know, if things go according to their plan, no one scores any points. You know, if everything goes right for Dallas, they win 7-6. to six. And that's a pretty tilting thing. No internet. Thank the simulation. Not tilting. It's 8.07 in the p.m. And I'm just now realizing how much the Ryan Fitzpatrick debacle hurt me in seasonal leagues and DFS, if we're being perfectly honest. Had a lot of uh, Giants-Bucks stacking going on. I did all the all the maths, and it, it looked to be a pretty cost-efficient stacking situation, which of course was my Nine Inch Nails tribute group back in the 80s. But uh, it's all dark now. It's all very dark. And Ryan Fitzpatrick getting pulled and losing out on one full half of garbage time production uh, cost me cost me a lot computer can I get your take here man you really suck have you considered another hobby perhaps building model airplanes wow I've I've been owned you are tilting Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football.